0: certain moments that define you and this kairos moment that was predestined before the chronos of time we seize this moment under heaven and present to the world the sound from inside of god's service
1: all right good f- morning and again thank god for all of you good mo- good morning All right. Again, we're excited to be back in the house of the Lord yet one more time, and to God be the glory, the honor, and the praise for all that he has done. If you don't mind giving God a quick shout out for his grace, mercy, truth, and peace. Amen. We are so, so excited to be back in the house of the Lord. I say that. And I say that with all sincerity and humility because somebody that was here a week ago, somebody that got up a day ago is not in this life anymore. So we have to learn how to not only count our blessings but celebrate them just as well. And so every now and then, you know, when you get a chance, even in the grocery store, shout hallelujah. You know, because, I mean, some people can't even afford the stuff that you buy. So as they run in it, instead of complaining, shout hallelujah. That God gave you the money to get it. I know gas is high, but thank God you got the money to pay for the gas. Now, let me just make sure you get this now. I keep saying this often. It is always about perspective. Philippians 4.19 says, but my God shall supply all your need. It's not like God didn't know gas was going to be $5. That's why God got money in your pocket so you can pay for it. It's all about perspective. Now, I only got like two people said amen that time. They said Well, can't he just turn water into gas like he turned water into wine? Yeah, no, 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 you got to trust him. So, yeah, again, we're excited. Let me again give a quick shout-out to our our virtual listeners uh, in Washington, Kansas, Nashville, Tennessee, Mississippi, uh, Texas, uh, to, again, all of our virtual listeners in California. Got some members out there in North and South Carolina. Got some high school classmates that watch us consistently. Got a brother down in Florida, Indiana, Ohio. Got some members in uh, Ohio. And then we got virtual members uh, in Portage, uh, in Battle Creek. Got friends, uh, again, that continue to watch us in Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor, Pontiac, Flint. Got some members in Midland, uh, some in Bay City. And as always, we are elated to have in-person members here for Life Development this morning. (laughs) This is our Life Development Hour, and we call it Life Development as opposed to Christian education. The two really mean the same thing, but what we do here during this hour is everything we do is designed to help our life become more developed so that we can look and emulate Jesus Christ, our Lord, all right? So we call it Life Development Hour. For those of you that might be new and you hear me say that periodically, I want you to understand, Life Development is us just developing our lives to emulate the walk and the example of Jesus Christ. All right. So again, we're excited to all of you. Again, welcome. A couple quick things to be aware of real quickly um, as we start on today. Uh, Number one, uh, this upcoming week, the Saginaw Valley District Congress of Christian Education will be in session. Uh, I want to urge you, if you could, please, ma'am, and sir, uh, the classes are virtual, which means they're on Zoom, which means that you have to... Uh, literally uh, pick up the information in the foyer. You can see it on the screen now. If you want to write it down, there is a number there for the dean, Dr. Ava Lewis. Uh, You can see the classes there. All right? We want to encourage every member to get involved, get engaged, be a part of the classes. We want some representation uh, because we are part of the Saginaw Valley District. So let's do our part. Uh, even if you can do it just one night, one day, one session, your, your uh, presence matters. I can't echo that enough um, as we think about this week. Coming up this week uh, on Wednesday and on Friday, we will take time to celebrate the lives of two of our members on Wednesday, uh, Sister Courtney Kernan. Uh, again, Sister Courtney Kernan, we will celebrate uh, her life. I think the funeral is 11 o'clock. Uh, It's going to be right here, and again, all hands on deck. Uh, Obviously, we're going to be doing a repass afterwards, and any of you that can serve, we want you to come prepared to serve. Then on Friday, we will celebrate the life of Brother Brian Thomas, uh, again, who went from labor to reward on last week. Um, And so again, we want you to know that funeral, I believe, is going to be at 11 o'clock here um, and let me again just thank all of you. You have certainly given five star hospitality comfort and care to those families. I can't thank you enough. Uh, it is just the way we roll as believers. We know that as we bless others, God bless us. But it's our calling. Uh, it's our We're not looking for a reward. We're doing what we do because that's what the household of faith does. So, again, thanks to all of you for your cars, your monetary gifts, your prayers. Uh, Thank you for all of you that have brought your items here so that there again, we could uh, send it to them and they are aware. Next Sunday, we take the time to celebrate fathers and we are excited. I'm going to say yeah myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We're going to celebrate fathers uh, next week. Um, And and again, we thank uh, God for the role of being a father. um, And for those that are men, we celebrate you as well. Um, So on next week, we'll celebrate fathers. But it's also the day we start Vibe Sunday. Sunday of next week, starting 930 at this very hour, our middle and high school students will be back in the facility They'll be back to start learning and growing and thriving, um, and we're looking forward to that. Now, we know over the last two years that there's been a shifting in our young people, and we try, we try diligently over the last two years to keep our young people engaged. We offered Zoom conferences. We offered meetings. Some connected, some didn't, and as a result of that, we see some now, and we don't, all right? But we're going to do the very best we can. This is the beginning of a new start for our young people. And we expect our young people, we're about some 30, 35, 40 uh, young people. That's all of our young people in the church strong. But we know we can do better. And so we plan to do better as we go forward. It is our hope and prayer next week, starting next week. If you need a ride, you need to call um call the office by Thursday call the office by Thursday all right leave a message and we will make sure that our transportation ministry gets your address do a couple things please tell us your name please tell us if it's just you or whether you have several people with you please tell us your address please tell us the color of your house because you may see I live at 1919 Mockingbird Lane but we may get to that address and it may say 191 because the 9 has fallen off of the thing so helping us with the color of your address your house rather helps us to know and all we're asking you to do right now the protocol uh... real simple um, is make sure you wear your mask while you are on the bus that's all we're asking you to do we're not listen Again, we've looked at contemplated ways to try to keep everybody safe, and without damaging the vehicles, the easiest thing we can do is make sure that you just wear your mask. Now, there'll be uh, sanitizer on board. You can use that. Um, There'll be wipes on board. You can use that. Um, But what we don't want to do is damage the vehicles to try to do this. All we're asking you to do is just make sure you sanitize, okay? Call by Thursday. All right. I want to continue to stress that call by Thursday. That way we can get everything lined up. We'll know what the numbers are and we can go from there. Okay. The other thing I would encourage you to do is be patient Uh, because you may not be the first person on the list. You might be the last person. And uh, I I can just say this. uh, Sister Redeemer, where I came from, the church I used to go to, we had a member of our church that demanded she is picked up first and dropped off last. Uh, because she wants to be picked up first, so she can ride. She wants to see where everybody stayed at, who's going to be picked up, and then she wants to be dropped off last. All right. And so, you know, we're not going to accept those type of requests at this time. <laughs> Just want you to know that, uh, you know, we're going to trust our driver that uh, they will handle that business. Okay. Um, during the month of June, the last Sunday of this month, uh, we will celebrate. Uh, the pastor and first lady anniversary amen and we celebrate four years of service at new life and a total of 24 in the pastoral ranks and so again we thank god for the privilege good friend brother and world-renowned preacher par excellence in the person of dr nathan johnson uh, from detroit will be our guest preacher I'm excited to have him come. He's a good friend, good brother. Love him dearly. I'm looking forward to having him come and share with us on that day. All right, so keep that in mind. Hey, I just want to give you this hot off the press. Well, it's not hot off the press, but it's almost close to hot off the press. Our t shirts are ordered, and we are looking. This is for July the 17th, July 17th, Church in the Park. Uh, here is the t shirt. Uh, And right now, I will say this, although we are going to do this, uh, we've got shirts, uh, small, medium, large, extra large, 2X, 3X, and we will order some 4X shirts. All right? I just want you to know that those may be slightly more. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Right now, I think we've gotten a a very good deal. Uh, Every shirt is $13, Okay, it, it is $13. It is a gildan, which is a very good shirt. It's 100% cotton. Uh, so we want you to know that. And if you want to today, you can sign up and pay so that you are good to go. You know, we don't have a layaway plan. Uh, we don't have a pay as you go. Uh, we're not like rent center where you put $2 down a week. All right. We really do want you to take care of the bill expeditiously. All right. There again, uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, I want to just start uh, reminding you, it's called Church in the Park, but it is an evangelistic attempt. I want to make sure you get that right off the bat. The reason why we're doing it in the park is it is an evangelistic attempt. I need you to invite your friends, your loved ones, those that are not saved, so that we can get some people saved that day. I've done these services before, uh, and they can be very successful when we do them and you do your job. It's not just for us. And quite frankly, let me just make sure you get this, but don't take this personal. We ain't really looking for nobody from no other church to come. Some people probably will. But we really want you to invite some of your unsaved family, friends, and loved ones. Tell them come just as they are. Uh, We're talking about the middle of July, so it's probably going to be warm. Uh, We expect that, again, we'll be dressed down. Now, there's some of y'all that's very traditional in nature, and you'll still show up in your three-piece suit. And to that, I say hallelujah and make sure you have a fan uh, because it's going to be hot. All right, so we're looking forward to that. We're going to be serving some food, uh, some hot dogs and stuff like that, so we'll need some help with that. And I think there will be some entertainment afterwards. Uh, so, again, we want you to be aware of that just as well. In the month of July, uh, we've got, uh, again, two uh, things to keep in mind. Uh, number one, uh, we have our family meeting, uh, and I'll give you the date on that as we approach July. Uh, our, our, uh, this is what we call the mid uh, midpoint of the year where we share with you our stewardship. What have we done for the last six months? What are we trying to get done and what are we going to do for the next six months? Okay, You always know we do it twice a year, one in July and one in, one in December and we want you to be aware of that. Uh, that's number one. Uh, number two, the fifth Sunday in July, uh, Deacon Chris Tatum will give his first sermon. And we are excited about that. Uh, again, another momentous event in the life of new life. We're excited. Uh, There's some friends and loved ones uh, that's going to travel here uh, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, so uh, we will be trying to accommodate them uh, when they come. Uh, so again, we're looking forward to that just. Well. It's going to be a great day.' going to be a great day. We're going to be in the house. If don't nobody else come we're going to be in the house because he is our very own, and we' going to make sure we lend our support to him. All right. In the month of August, again, just trying to give you some forecasts so you know, in the month of August, August the 13th, we're going to have Mr. Maurice Ashley, uh, who is the first African-American grand chess master in the country. Handsome guy. You can see from the picture right there. Handsome guy. Uh, he's been playing chess since he was about eight, nine years old, and he has moved up the ranks to be uh, one of the premier chess players in the country and the first. Uh, recognized African-American. I'm really excited to have something like this going on in Mission in the City in the park. It's historical. It's epic. I need you here if nothing else to do a photo op again to get one of his books. He's written a couple books and we want to really make sure that he knows that we appreciate him coming to Saginaw, Michigan. So we're going to do the very best that we can to make sure that we're doing now because of that we're gonna be doing some cosmetic stuff I want you to know that in advance we've got some things we got to do cosmetically so we're gonna to have to spend a little bit of currency funds to upgrade to make sure everything is where it should be and we're gonna do that because we want our house to look exceptional when our family comes all right so we're talking about right now again we've got some paint work that needs to be done outside on the building we need to get that done uh, we have we have, have not necessarily asked you what color you wanted, but we're going to try to make sure the color. Now, don't suggest yellow. Don't suggest plaid. Uh, those colors are out of order. Uh, if you want a lime green, that might pass the test. I don't know. Uh, but we are going to try to add a color, maybe even lighten up the color we have on this side of the building. We want to try to get that done. We know we've got to really do the lot again. These are things that we know we're going to try to get done over the next Month so we can be ready for these host of events, all right? I always want to make sure our house is five-star when our guests come. And we know we got some stuff. We're probably going to have to spend this money to do it. But it's necessary because when people come to our house, we need to make sure that we are at our best all the time. Amen? In the meantime, we're getting ready for Christian education to return in September. And so we're spending some money. I want to throw this plug out to you. We're trying to get every classroom technologically ready for when you come back in classes. It is our intent for us to start our classes in September. Starting in August, you'll see the list of classes. We're going to have five classes. You'll see the list of classes. Every classroom will have Zoom capability, which means that our virtual listeners in California and Washington and Texas and all the other places can sit in the class while you're sitting in the class physically. Uh, We think this is about a $5,000 endeavor. What does that entail? That entails us buying TVs. uh, That entails us buying laptops so that every room has what is needed. So I'm saying that to you that if you can sow an extra seed to help us with that, that would certainly be appreciated, okay? Uh, Again, um, if you can sow an extra seed, $5, $10, or you know, in Brother Simmons' case, he might sow 1,000, and we just want everybody to match that, if you get a chance. Just match it, and I think you're gonna be good to go. Now, he don't wanna sow 1,000 by himself, so he he may not sow 1,000, because he want everybody else to be blessed, just like he gonna be blessed, all right? So again, we want you to know about that as we go forward. It's critical that you do that. On a security tip again, We are continuing to revamp our security, as we said. Uh, There's been enough shootings for us to keep saying to you, if you see something out of the ordinary, somebody hanging around, somebody in the parking lot, somebody begging, say something to us. All right? I want to make sure we keep saying that. What happens is we have a shooting, and then once we get over the shock of it, we go back to business as usual, and that's what people are waiting for. We will keep. We will be vigilant. We'll keep watching, because there again, it can happen any place. Remember, the devil doesn't give you notice; He's going to attack you. He just attacks. All right. The other thing I'll tell you about again, we are mask option, which means you can wear a mask and not. That's your choice. Uh, but we're going to do everything we can to ensure there's always mask, sanitizer, wipes in the building. Uh, again, uh, if, you want, if you don't have any, please ask. We'll give you some masks. Uh, But we want to make sure you understand that when you come in, okay? That's kind of our protocol uh, as we go forward on today, all right? All right, so again, I'm flanked by two of the world's foremost theologians uh, in the world in the person of Deacon James R. York and Deacon Chris Tatum. And again, we're excited, again, to have them with us on today. Again, the series that we are in uh, is entitled the Walking by Faith series, uh, Being Stretched by God to Strengthen Our Faith. I tell you... Uh, in this life, uh, brothers and sisters, if your faith is not being strengthened or stretched, then that might be a disconnect between you and God. All right. If you live any length of time, I promise you that God, because of the purpose and plan he has for you, is going to stretch your faith. If you're trying to keep up with us, page number 24. If you got the outline, if you don't have one, drop down and give me 20 pushups because you should have one by now. Uh, Again, we're talking about the characteristics of the stretch zone and understand that when God is stretching you, he stretches you for a purpose. God is not stretching you because he has nothing to do. God is stretching you because, number one, and you'll see this later in the outline, God is stretching you because he has purpose for you. God is stretching you because where you are now will not help you accomplish what God has for you around the corner. Come here, David, for a second. Before David could fight Goliath, he had to be trained by fighting a lion and a bear. All right? And those David said, they say, look, I didn't fight a lion and a bear. So David was more than ready to fight somebody that was nearly twice his size and three times his strength. Could it be where you are now and where God wants you to be? Your faith level is not where it should be. The answer is yes i say yes for you could it be that god has you under his spiritual microscope and he is dissecting you to find out your areas of flaws and now he is testing you putting you in the fire and turning the heat up so that you can again mature and grow for the next dimension of where god is taking our ministry now This is what I see about this ministry. Uh, I see this ministry uh, exploding. I see this ministry growing. I see bigger places to worship. I see souls being changed. Uh, I see lives being transformed. I see people developing an, an, an evangelistic spirit. I see classes uh, just exploding in terms of their numbers. I see our giving as selling. I see people giving glory to God because that's where God is taking us now. I can say amen to that all day, but if you don't co-sign that, And let me just kind of throw this in there. When you co-sign it, you're telling God, okay, God, I'm not where I should be. Use me so that I can help Reverend Tatum do everything. Listen, every one of you were sent here as a person or a gift so that God can use you to help us accomplish the vision of this church. All right? The vision, sister, trust is always bigger than us. If you can accomplish the vision, God didn't give it to you. All right, let me say it again, because I got two amens. Uh, Thanks, sis sis Pat Bell over there. Uh, You know, if, if you can accomplish the vision on your own, God didn't give it to you. When God gives you a vision, it is something you cannot do on your own. It can only be done by the supernatural power of God. Now, there are natural visions, okay? Those are visions that you make up. But a supernatural vision is when God gives you something you can't accomplish with all the money in the world. It has to be done by the power of God. All right. So there are some characteristics of the, of the stress zone. All right. Some characteristics of the stress zone that we need to understand. And I want to just kind of lift some of this with you. Uh, 1 Peter 4 and 12. This is what it says it said, Beloved, and beloved means you, uh, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial. Underline that because that's the type of life that we live. Alright, see that? The fiery trial, what is it supposed to do? Which is to try you. You get that since Vader Weston? The purpose of the fiery trial is to try you. Notice he didn't say an easy trial. He didn't say a cool trial. He said a fiery trial. Fiery means it's hot. Fiery means it's on and popping. Fiery means it's going to be chaotic. Fiery means it's going to be crazy. All of the above but what is the purpose of it? It is to try you. And Peter is saying to us, look, don't think this is something strange. Hint, hint. All right. He's saying, don't think it's something strange. Like like it's, like this is something crazy. No. Job gave us a warning in Job, I think, chapter 14 and verse one, where Job said that man who is born of a woman, his days are few, says Mitchell, but they are full of trouble. So trouble, know your address, Brother Brooks. Trouble, know where you stay. Trouble, know your text message. You know, trouble, trouble, not your text message, know your text number and all that stuff. Trouble knows everything about you. All right? And the reason why trouble is bothering you, number one, keep this in mind, I hope you keep this in your spirit, is because trouble has gotten permission from God to come into your life. Let me help you, Brother Denzel. Uh, let's understand that the reason why you're experiencing trouble right now is because God is using trouble to perfect you. So what Satan does before Satan... Listen, let me tell you. Before Satan can even put his hands on you, and trust me, don't think he's not looking at a way to do it. Since can, Satan is always looking at a way to take you out. John 10.10, 10, The thief come but to kill, steal, and destroy all right and come here joe because here joe was god god says one day the angelic beings came before god and satan came also all right and what he does brother simmons god and i like this about god brother simmons because notice what god does in the text god says to satan he said look have you have you checked out my boy down there joe And then God said, there's none like him. He is righteous and holy. God defines Job in the terminology in which he envisions Job becoming or is. So what am I saying to you? You don't know this, but let me say it to you right now, and it might make you get a little pride, and you ought to have some. Don't think God ain't talking about you. Huh? Let me help you now. The reason why Satan's trying to jack you up is because God is bragging on you. God is saying there's nobody like Sister Redeemer. God is saying I trust my servant, Sister Trust. God is saying there's nobody like Brother Ernie. And Satan can't stand it because remember now, the reason why Satan can't stand it is because he lost his title. All right? And Satan knows he cannot take your soul, but he can certainly make life hell for you on this earth. And how does he do that? What it does, says Simmons, is he keeps smokes and mirrors and hell going on in your life in such a way where you can't keep your eyes on Jesus and grow and develop and mature to be all you want you to be. So Satan says, if I can keep the pressure on you, if I can keep hell in your life, if I can keep stuff going on between you and your husband or your kids is acting cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, if I can keep stuff going on with your body and your money is strange and your money is funny, then if you can keep your eye on that stuff and not on jesus i got you exactly where i want you and i'm telling you that's the stretch zone all right that's the stretch zone that's what god wants you that's what listen that's where god is at his finest when you're at your worst that's where god can do some miracles with you so every time i get attacked i say okay lord thank you because i know when the test is over i'm gonna be better than i was before i went in and that's why you got to keep your focus. All right. Amen. So. So in this text, he tells us, don't think it's straight. But watch what he says now in verse 13 of the text. He says that you ought to learn how to rejoice. All right. Y'all see that. He said rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering. In other words, you ain't the only one that's been going through something. When you roll up in here trying to have a pity party, you know, I get it. I understand. But you ain't no person that has been through something if you if you really want to know the truth if you could read all of our minds you'd be praising god that you think you bad huh you think you bad do you realize some people barely making the church they they this close from losing their mind and yet they made it to the house of the lord one more time and they know what they got to go back home to and you complaining So it's about perspective. So when I look at this text, he reminds us, he says, rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may be also glad with exceeding joy. But then it goes a step uh, uh, further in 14 and says, they say, look, if you are reproached, if you're attacked, if you're uh, confronted for the name of Christ, look at this now. Blessed are you. You see that? If you listen, if somebody put you down or somebody criticized, he said, blessed are you see that he goes a step further. He said on their part, he is blasphemed, But on your part, he's glorified. Now, let me try to give you some twisted psychology, if you will. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You see them all the time in our community. They're these guys that wear these white shirts, black ties, black pants, and they always got a backpack on. And sometimes they ride in a bike. And they come into our communities. And they knock on the doors of people like you. And when you start speaking in tongues to them. To Janice Henry. When y'all start speaking in tongues. And I ain't talking about like they speak in the Bible. I'm talking about the mother tongue. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Get this... Yeah, yeah, uh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 there's still some ghettoism in some of us, all right. They think that they're being persecuted for the cause of that which they believe in, okay. So every time you cuss them, every time you point your finger, every time you give them the bird, every time you do whatever you do, they think they're being persecuted for what they believe in. Here, Peter is saying, when you go through he says, count it all joy. But then he goes a step further in 15 and says, but don't let none of us suffer as a murderer. All right, your persecution is different. Don't think your persecution is like a thief or an evildoer or a busybody always up in somebody else's business. All right? He says this in 16. He said, but look, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. You see that? He said, but let him glorify God. Every time I go through, every time somebody attack me, I know how to give God the credit and the glory. The only reason you hating on me, because first of all, I don't know you. All right, I don't know you. And you don't know me. The only way you know me is when you come to church. All right, so you really don't know me. All right, but when you persecute me, when you're having having fricassee deacon and roasted preacher for lunch. Huh? Look, He said, let him glorify God on his behalf. Y'all see that? Verse 17 says, watch this now, and I like this because this is a warning to all of us in verse 17. He says because the time is going to come when judgment will begin but it's going to start with the house of God. All right? That's a warning right there, Dignore. He said it's going to start with us and then he said, look, if it starts with us, what should be the end of them that obey not the gospel? God going to come in here with his switch, with his shoe, with his coat rack, you know, a, a book, or a, a utensil, a, 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 a spoon, a knife, a fork. God going to clean house first and then he going to take care of them. All right. And, and so he, he gives us a warning. Look, if it's going to start here, it's going to be tough for those that are not part of the house of the faith. All right. So if and then he tells us in verse 18 and 19 and I, I'll move us forward. He said, look, if the righteous are going to barely make it in, what about the ungodly? What's going to happen to them? Alright, so then he lets us know that when we suffer, there again, we're not suffering unto ourselves, but suffer uh, because of the cause for which we believe in. So the first thing he tells us, Deacon York, is don't be surprised by the trials. Alright, what do you think about that, Deacon York, when you say don't be surprised by the trials?
2: That, don't be surprised about that I must continue to read my word, although I'm going through trials and tribulation. All right. Yeah.
1: Ding, ding, What do you think? I believe what he,
0: thinks, what he says when he said by trials, that's when your feet hit the floor in the morning, I think the devil get busy right then. That's a trial for me. I don't want to go to work. And, or I'm thinking about who I got to deal with once I get to work. That's a trial.
1: And, you know, when we think about this now, he's telling us don't be surprised. Don't be surprised you being attacked. Don't be surprised when you go to work and your co-worker go off on you. Don't be surprised when you roll up in a church and somebody look at you with a scour on their face. Don't be surprised when stuff happens to your body in this life. He says, don't be surprised. And let me tell you why. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and you can see it in your outline, verses 7 down to about 12. He tells us in this text, he tells us, he says, but we have this treasure. And the treasure is connected to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got this treasure in an earthen vessel. That's this clay. That's this body. Watch this now. That the excellency of the power of God may, uh, may be, the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That as we're witnessing, as we're doing these things, is not coming from us, but is coming from God. But then he tells us in verse number eight, and this is what we all need to see. All right, this is what Deacon Tim was talking about. He said, We're troubled on every side. All right, and yet, listen now, we troubled, but yet we're not distressed. All right, that's why, see, that's when you can tell that you're not surprised by trials. All right, I expect to be attacked every day. I don't know who's going to attack me. And listen, real talk, I'm not surprised by anybody that attacked me because the devil can use anybody. Huh? The devil can use anybody. All right. He says we are perplexed, but we're not in despair. I mean, we're not going crazy because we don't know what's going on. All right. Go a step further. He says this in verse nine. He says we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. All right. Cast down, but not destroyed. Watch this now. Verse 10. I love verse 10 because he says in there, always bearing about in the body, uh, the dying of the, listen, the Every time I'm being attacked, it's because I have Christ inside of me. Watch this now. That the life of Christ may be, may be made manifest. in us. every time you persecute me, it's as if you're persecuting Christ. That's what the text is telling us. All right. And then he tells us in verse number 11, he said, for we who live. Watch this verse here. Don't miss this. For we which live are always. See that word? Always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Why? That the life also of Christ may be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Every time you persecute me, Christ lives more in me, and he is more present and evident, manifested in me every time you persecute me. That's pretty much what he's telling us. So Paul is telling us at the end of the day, it's not about you. It won't ever be about you. It ain't about you. It's always about Christ. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: All right. So when you are being attacked, it's because of the God that lives inside of you. It shows us that when we get attacked Deacon York, that there is something fueling inside of us beyond the earthly comforts of this life. I can endure it because I know it ain't about me. It's about Christ. All right. And that's a level of spiritual maturity we all have to learn to grow to and not take everything personally. It ain't about you, because of who you represent, all right? And so it shows us in all things that Christ ought to get the glory for everything that goes on in our lives, all right? So, so, so for me, Deacon, Deacon York, at the end of the day, I've come to grips with the fact that I may have to give my life for the cause of that which I believe in, okay? And I'm saying that to you, all right? Now, that don't mean I'm going to jump out in front of a truck, All right. But what it does mean is I've learned that my life, remember this now, my life is hidden with Christ and every day there ought to be more of him and less of me. So so let me ask you a question. Can people see more of Christ in you today than they did yesterday? And if they cannot, then that means that God's going to stretch you a little bit more. All right. When Jesus Christ was here, remember when he said, Father, if it be thy will, remove this cup from me, nevertheless not my will. What Jesus was saying is, God, I know this is my assignment and I know this is what you call me to do. So manifest yourself so that people see at the end of the day, this is all about you and about nobody else. All right. When people come in this church, do they see Christ or do they see us? When you're at the grocery store, when you're cutting the grass, when you're sitting on your porch looking at everybody trying to get the 411 on everybody down the street, is it about you or is it about him? Because remember now, he already told us that we shouldn't be busybodies. All right? So for us, there again, don't be surprised by trials. Uh, listen, another reason why we're in a stretch zone, if you could, page 25, 26, another reason why we're in a stretch zone, obviously, uh, another reason why we're in there is because we're going to endure some suffering. And he says this, Dean York, or Dean Tim, read this for me uh, on, on page, top page 26. Watch this now. now. I want you to get the gist of this as he looks at this.
0: For this light, momentarily, affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of, of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transcend, but the things that are unseen are eternal. All
1: right, then, what do you think that means? Go ahead, in your own opinion. What do you think that means? That means that...
2: When we look at things that in our own eyesight, amen, that um, we have to look at it from a, a
1: transparent reason, but okay.
2: unseen things that is internal,
1: okay, amen. All right, and so for us, at the end of the day, again, we're right there, where we need to be. At the end of the day, the more we go through, there again, it will produce more joy in us. Uh, again, uh, because we are connected with Christ, all right? Now, this doesn't happen over- automatically at the end of the day. It says for this light, momentary affliction. Don't miss that, because what is that telling you? What, what do you think that's telling you? Just for moment. Okay, just for a moment. Now, a moment could be what? A second. It could be a second. It could be a, a, day, a, week, a day, a week, a month, a year, two years, three years, five years, ten years. All right. Somebody said, no, Reverend, Reverend, you said light. He says, he says for this life fiction is preparing us, uh, this momentary, because um, remember now, it could be for five years. God didn't say, okay, I'm gonna let you suffer for two seconds and then let you off the hook. Yeah. Remember this now. Remember that anybody, anybody uh, roasted a chicken before? Yeah. Anybody ever roasted chicken? Yeah. Okay. So when you put chicken in the, in the oven it's raw, right? Yeah. All right. So go home. Put chicken in there for two minutes and then take it out. Is it done? Okay. So what makes you, th- must makes you think you're done after two days? What makes you think you're done after a week? See, God, listen, the thing you got to keep in mind is God has an objective. He knows where he wants to get you. And in order to get you there, he permissively allows you to endure so you can get where he wants you to stretch you, where he wants you to be stretched. And so for us at this point, the key we've got to understand at the end of the day, God's plan is to bring us trials that will produce more joy in Christ's glory forever. At the end of the day, I'm giving Christ more glory than I have ever done before. All right. So the more we set our hearts on him, uh, the more people see Christ's glory and give him the credit for that which we endure. All right. So he tells us, don't be surprised. So let me ask you a question. Um, You know, at the end of the day, does God love you even when you're in a stretch zone? Yes. All right. So so why y'all be getting mad when y'all going through stuff? I I just want to bust a little bubble right there. Now, why I got to be going through this hey I just thought I was getting stuff together you know remember this now and I want you to understand this when trials come don't be, don't be surprised but, but at the end of the day remember this God brings you trials because he loves you and since trials will bring you the greatest joy of beholding and displaying Christ's glory God knows the only way you're going to get where he wants you is sometimes you're going to have to go through them. all right Listen, can I use just an analogy? Uh, understand this. And, and, Brett Trust, if you're right in the area, just stop up for a second. You know, one of the things that we have to understand um, is in order for me, and I'm just going back to track 101, all right? And track 101, when I'm running against myself, I would never be the athlete I became. I had to be pitted against somebody that could run faster than me. Okay, as an athlete, you'll never be your optimum until you are challenged. And when I ran against some people and they blew me out, I'm like, well, I guess that blew my bubble. I wasn't as fast as I thought I was. I'm like, man, he got out them blocks so fast, and you know. And so, what did that do? That made me say, okay, now that ain't gonna happen no more. So, what do I need to do? And luckily, I had a coach that said, here is a regimen. Here's a plan. If you follow this plan, I promise you on the day of performance, you'll be much better. So what is God telling you? If you follow, if you pass the test, the next time you face that devil, he will not make you give in. He will not make you quit. You won't be so quick to throw in the towel. You'll be able to stand and say, man, I, I, the last time I went through this, man, I just about gave. Anybody ever been there? Anybody that has grown? that can look back at stuff that you went through a couple years ago, man, I can't believe I almost gave up then. Especially where I am right now. All right, Thank God that we can see where we've come from, see the progress, and thank God for where he has us now. Listen, all of us didn't grow up in church learning how to tithe. Some of us took our tithe money on vacation. Amen my own self. Some of us took our tied money to the casino thinking that we was going to double it. And some of us didn't even go to the casino. We played it in the illegal house trying to get a little money on the side. Huh? We thought we needed our nails did and our hair done, so we spent our tied money on that. We wanted to go to that concert with Boosie Collins and the Funkadelics. They had a sale at Macy's. And so at the end of the day, we took our money and did some until God started making your pocket like a black hole. All of a sudden, the car wasn't starting and all that other stuff. And he's, okay, I need to get back to the basics. I need to get back to serving God. All right. I stopped trying to justify whether I should give from the net or the gross. I stopped trying to justify, you know, should I give God some of my birthday money? Should I give God some of my income tax? No, I give God from everything because everything comes from God. So don't you think you ought to bless God for everything? Now I know some of y'all, y'all struggling with that right now. Reverend, that means when I get my birthday money that I be having tied onto my shirt and stuff, you know, where I put it on, yeah, because you know, some of us, we still do that stuff right now, right? You know, like we want people to know, hey, it's my birthday. You got all them ones and fives attached to a pen, like you want to give some money to you now tired from what you got. All right, y'all just got quiet right there. All right, So listen, I will tell you, and I'll be the first one, Brother Brooks, to tell you, and I know some of you have, and Ding York, Ding Tim, you can chime in. You know, when we've gone through things, have we asked God to remove them? Of course we have. God, I'm just I just can't take them. Oh God, I wish you would just get rid of this. Now, I'm going to tell you, humanistically, we all have done it. And if you haven't done it, let me say you, there's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes God will remove them and sometimes he won't remove them. Come here, Paul. Didn't you remember Paul? Paul said that because the Lord had let him see some supernatural things in the third heaven, that God gave him a thorn in his side. And he said, look, I went to God and said, God, look, I, I can't. Now, we don't know if the thorn was literally a thorn. It was something that plagued his body. That's what we know. And he went to God not just once, not just twice, but he went to God three times. And what did God say? God said, my grace it's sufficient. is sufficient. Okay. And so what I'm saying to us there again, we have to learn despite what we go through that God has a purpose. All right? We don't always understand Dean York, we don't always understand, but we know that God is achieving something. All right? Any thoughts on that?
0: It's like a test to me. like you're in school and, and you struggle through this test studying for this test, and, and you finally get to take this test, and you haven't studied like you're supposed to. and you think you're going to flunk this test, but when you pass this test, you are so relieved that you that you passed the test. That's the feeling you get when you study God's word. When you study God's word and some, you meet this confrontation, this devil jumps in front of you, something that you can deal with. You reach back into the word and then you deal with that situation. I say that to say this, God tells you to be a good steward over what he's given you and some folks will come up to you and they, they know you may work and you may have some money and, and they'll say, well, can I let me borrow this and let me borrow that. And, right. and I think about God's word and, and right quick, I ask them, do you tithe? Because if you tithe, God said he will supply what? All your needs. So if you tithe and do what he say, why you don't have no money? If you're not tired, I understand why you don't have no money. So being a good steward, I'm not giving you mine.
1: Hey, Ding York, you heard that, right? Amen. All Thanks right, God. go ahead, Ding York. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah I, <laughs> I can remember on my job that, wow, things were so haywire that I wanted to get out of there. And so I began to fill out all kind of applications for I another, got you. another job. And it never happened
1: but because God kept me there, I got a promotion. You know? Amen.
2: You know, so I just want to say that.
1: And I think there's a lesson that we, that we have to hear. That's a biblical message for somebody. That even though you're going through stuff, don't forget on the other side, there's a promotion waiting for you. It's critical. Listen, he says, be thou faithful until death and I will give you a crown. You got to go through in order to get what God has planned. You know, now sometimes when we go through trials and we lose things, often we think God is taking stuff away. Remember this now. God, is, God sometimes has to cut off excess stuff so that you can be prepared for where he is leading you. All right? I wanna, again, I want to use Job as an example. Remember, Job lost everything. But when you look at the end of the book of Job, the Bible says, and God gave him back everything and then some. I say this, God gave him double for his trouble. Not only did Job get the same number of children he had before, but now Job, remember now, Job had children in heaven. All right. He had children. You know everything that Job had, God gave him more for it. Now, what I'm not, listen to what I'm not saying. I'm not saying if God takes something, you're gonna get two cars if they take one. In your car. I'm not saying God gonna double your bank account. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there is a reward, and you, sometimes we look at, we think, we we try to associate giving with giving. If I tithe, God gonna give me money. No, that's not the way God operates. Yeah, yeah. All right, if you can breathe one millisecond after you've given, that's a blessing. Yeah. If you can walk one millisecond after you drop your ties in that thing, that's a blessing. Yeah. If you leave a church and go home and your house is still intact and the refrigerator is still running and the air is on and on, that's a blessing right there. Yeah. It's about perspective. And so for us, we've got to understand now, at the end of the day, Trials do not just bring loss, they bring gain. Why? Because at the end of the trial, the result should be that I passed the test, I've mastered the issue, so that in the future, when this issue comes again, I will know how to handle it. Can I just throw this out so you can be aware of this? Because we're going to come back to it. Let me just say this just so you're aware. And I want to just get some, what I call, some off-the-cuff conversation from the deacons. Here's the thing that we have to understand. When we don't do well in a test, God gives us a retest. And so I just want to get some general response from the deacons on retest. We ain't even looked at it yet. It's in the narrative. Hang on. It's coming. But I do need you to understand, you ain't passing going, you ain't collecting no $200 until you pass that test. The retest, the retest. Have you ever, go ahead, talk about the retest. What the do you retest, think you
0: he shows you that very same thing that you failed. He puts it right back in front of you to see if you can deal with it the correct way. Because you know the way you dealt with it. If you see it again, you dealt with it right or wrong. All right.
2: Then you're, go ahead. Sometimes I think when we go through trials that we have been stretched. Sometimes when the next trial comes, we go back to the unstretched part. Mm-hmm. And so we must stay in God's word.
1: And so here's, here's what God knows. I know you think you didn't pass everything. Or you know, no, no, no. God said you ain't passed it yet. So the purpose of a retest is to tell you I'm not finished with you. The purpose of a retest is to tell you you didn't quite pass that the way I wanted you to pass it. Remember now, look at how God described Joel. Have you considered my servant, Job? There is none like him. He is righteous. He is this. And God then allows Satan to try him. Now, Job didn't have to be retested because Job proved by his actions he was exactly what God said he was. Now, I told you earlier, understand, God is talking about you to Satan. God is describing you to Satan of what he has decreed you are. And in order for you to be what God wants you to be, sometimes we don't pass the tests. So God has to bring a retest to prove you so that you can do what he wants. Anybody remember spelling tests? Yeah. Yeah. Remember on Fridays, we, you know, a teacher would give us 10 words during the course of the week. Y'all remember that? Sid Brewer, you remember 10 words during the course of the week? And we, you know, teacher would give them to us, and, and there'd be a time during class where me and Deacon York would say, okay, now spell bell. 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 B-E-B-A-L-E. Uh, bell. Bell. No, no, no not that bell. All right? And we had to be tested. And then we'd have the test on Friday, and we graded, and if we missed some of them, we had to be retested. Why? Because the teacher was saying, until you get all 10, you're not ready to move any further. What is God saying to you? Until you get over your anger, I can't put you in no other positions. Until you get over your lack of faith, I can't promote you to another level because there are different demons at that level that's going to require a stronger faith. I, look, I can't give you a job paying more money when you ain't tithing in front of me with this little money. I mean, come on now, talk at me right then, All right? And I'm not going to promote you to be a supervisor of people when you got such a nasty mouth. A retest is designed to put you back in the oven until you get done. All right? I mean, that's really what it boiled down to. God said, you ain't done yet. Let me put you back in the oven. Because notice now, if you eat half-done chicken, you're going to come out with poisoning. And remember this now, when you are have done as a Christian, you become hypocritical as a witness. That's why people have a problem with us because we have done. Now, y'all can tell people that instead of cussing, calling yo, you have done, you have done, you have done, you have done. Because think about it now, if you can rust a cussing when, when somebody hits your car, touch your little car, your little suit, or ruin your stocking, you have done. When Satan can knock on your door and wreak havoc in your life and you give up, you have done. God said, wait a minute. I've been testing you on this now for a year. You ain't got the memo yet. You ain't got the hint. And that's the thing that we have to understand. Now, so, so sometimes what God will do, even in situations like this, God will take away until we understand we need to be adding. We've been telling you since we walked in the door four years ago. Uh, and I keep asking the question incessantly because we need to understand: church is not about you coming here, sitting on some plush pews, and enjoying air conditioning. Church is about you bringing souls to the kingdom. And I'm just gonna talk. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk over here to this person because some of y'all are gonna get mad in a second. And, and you know, some folks ain't brought nobody to church yet. I mean, ain't ain't wanting no souls. ain't interested in getting nobody say. And all they want to do is come in and show off their little dress, and little suit, their little weave. And it's okay. They pay for that stuff. But, I mean, it's, it's not about you. It's about bringing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because, see, if I talk to them, somebody's going to get mad. Somebody might throw a shoe at me. It's about us bringing souls to the kingdom. And that's what God wants to understand. So, God said, wait a minute. You ain't passed this test yet. And new life, you need to understand God got tests for us. And until we pass, don't. I say, wait a minute. I ain't going to send no more folks up in there till y'all demonstrate you can get your own self together. Until you can be faithful the things I've asked you to do. So why would I bring more folks up in there when y'all can't obey me with just y'all little folks? I mean, that's the language that God is talking. So for us, we're being stretched. All right, July 17th. Everybody should be praying. Everybody should have that day marked. And let me go a step further. It shouldn't just be July 17th. It should be next Sunday. It should be Wednesday. It should be Friday where we're praying that souls. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, and the Lord added daily... Those things which were, y'all ain't hearing me. Brother Trust, come here for a second. And so it says, and the Lord added daily such as was was needed in the kingdom. Folks ought to get saved every day. And since folks ought to get saved every day, what you doing every day to get folks saved? Stop looking at Brother Trust and look at me. (laughs) See how y'all done took y'all mind off the stuff that's going on? All right, and so at the end of the day, I see that some folks out there cold. That's why I was telling to come turn the heat down. I see some folks' uh, teeth chattering out there, and so I just want to make sure you turn the heat down. Hey, praise the Lord. We got, we got air conditioned. All right. Ding York, uh, Ding York, Ding Tam, concluding thoughts. Go ahead. Talk at me.
2: Pastor, you always been said that God didn't say that you wouldn't go through something. Yes, sir. But he already did say he would bring you out. Amen.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: I had to hurry up and find out what God wanted from me, how he wanted me to react to situations, because every single day I go through a situation and I know it's a test. But as long as I got a test before me, I know God is right there with me.
1: And and let me just say this. And and, and you can help me. Deacon Roscoe James chapter one, verse two through four. But while he's trying to get there, let me tell you this here. Don't ask God to rush you through. Because when he rushes you through, you won't be done all the way inside and out. All right? Anybody ever tried to microwave something and it was hot on the outside but still froze on the inside? (laughs) Don't ever rush God to get done with you because I promise you, you will never be everything God wants you to be. If God is stretching you, let Him stretch you as much as He wants, as long as He wants, because at the end of the day, He says that. Look, let me help you. Watch this text here. My brother encountered all joy when you fall into divers. The word divers means uh, many, it means all types of temptations. Watch this, knowing this, that the testing of your faith, you see this? The testing of your faith, work of patience. Watch this now. He goes a step further and says this. He says in verse 4, but let patience have her perfect way or work that you may be perfect. And entire and wanting. God said, when I finish with you, he said, you'll never have to worry about not trusting, not doing these things again, because you are fully equipped to handle what happens in your life. Here's my argument, Brother Sula. I could be wrong. But I think there's a lot of have-done Christians in the church. And let me push it and y'all get mad and throw your shoe if you want. I'm going to keep them shoes and take them down to the RCO and give them some folks that need them. It's a lot of have-done folks in new life. Huh? Now, you ain't got to say amen. But it is demonstrated every Sunday. When we roll up in there, don't bring nobody, don't tie, don't study, don't pray. It's a bunch of have-done folks in the church. And it's not just new life, it's every church. That's why the church is struggling right now. Do you realize how much power we actually have? Huh? And most people don't realize it because they've never been to that level where they've seen power like that occur. Listen, Peter was so, so anointed with power that he was walking down the street and his shadow would heal people. You got that same type of power, but you'll never know until God stretch you to get there. All right? And you know it ain't there You your because they say, well, you know, call a pastor. He'll pray for you. No, you pray for me. You ought to have some faith. And Jesus said this, if you have faith like as which he's comparing your faith to him. He said, look, if you got faith at least the size of a period, you can move some mountains. And so what I'm looking for is some mountain movers. And that's what God's going to do in this life. All right? All right, hey, we got to quit right now. Again, thank God for this lesson on today. It is helping, encouraging, inspiring, uplifting. It is convicting us, making some of us mad. And if you're mad, give glory to God because God said, look, I was going to get in your Kool-Aid today anyway. But remember now, the vision of this church is love, grow, and serve. And what we're doing is if you love God, you'll take this as God saying, look, I love you, but I got to step on your toes. As I step on your toes, I expect you to grow. And as you grow, the outcome ought to be that you all want to serve me. All right. All right. Hey, take a brief break, if you will. Those of you that are watching us, making your way here, finish up that toast and coffee and make your way to church. Uh, We're going to take a brief break as we get ready for service. It is our prayer that God has blessed you. We'll be back in about 27 minutes and some change. Again, thank you, Deacon Taylor, Deacon York, to our Deacon staff, again, to our production crew, to all of you. Thank God for you. That is our prayer. We'll see you in about 28 minutes.
0: there are certain moments that define you and this kairos moment that was predestined for the chronos of time we see